When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Friday episode of Flippin' Bats, and we got a fun one for you heading into the weekend. Making a statement. I'm going to get a couple bold statements and tell you if they're accurate or inaccurate. One up, one down. Whether one team's doing really well, one team's doing really bad, we got things that make you go, hmm? We got a lot to talk about today. Let's get to it. It's a blowout. He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field, it is gone, home run, and a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. Dude, that is going to be something I like doing all year long. Things that make you go, hmm? Yep, I'm going to like that a lot. Maybe a little bit too much, but we're going to do that today. There's a, There were quite a few things around the league. That really had me scratching my head. Um, some for good, some for bad, but they were crazy. We'll talk about all those in a little while. And at the end, uh, a, a new Babe Ruth bat sale update. Crazy. Oh, my God. Insane. So this is going to be fun. We have a lot to talk about. I'm wearing a shirt, Alex. It's a Miguel Cabrera shirt. Uh, and the reason I wore that, because on Thursday, Miguel Cabrera. Here it is. There you go. On Thursday, Miguel Cabrera made his final home opener um for the Detroit Tigers he's retiring this is his last year got an RBI single in that game just like you know it's kind of sad it feels like just you know it kind of feels like the the pool holes thing moving on now now Miggy's moving on and he's doing his farewell tour but th- that one that one on Thursday hit a little closer to home as the stands were packed at Comerica um he came out he threw out the first pitch they they brought uh Lindstrom, Calvin Johnson, Ben Wallace all came out to throw out the first pitch, and then they called out Miggy to throw out the first pitch with them. All Detroit legends from <laughs> this was that. great. I uh, went out to throw out the first pitch with them, and just uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's it's sad, you know. It's like happy but sad. I'm gonna miss it. I spent a lot of my childhood going to games at Comerica Park and watching Miggy. So and then playing with him on the same team. Uh, we were in the same dugout together. I pinch ran for him in a spring training game. So, uh, yeah, that, that's why I'm rocking the Miggy shirt today. I think it's pretty special, though, when you have an athlete of his level and his caliber and who has such, it made such an impact in the game of baseball yeah. that's able to say, this is my final year, and you kind of get that curtain call at every stadium and every series yeah. that you go through. Because you don't always get that as an athlete. You usually don't. No. So, look, how many people get to choose – when they go out the elite yeah. of the elites the hall of famers you know like at the, at the by the end the game humbles everybody no yes. matter what sport you're playing yeah. you know like i i played baseball until i was like 27 years old i played baseball to a level that 99.999% of people don't get to but in the end i end up disappointed you know yeah. i didn't make it to the highest level the game humbled me at a certain point the game humbles everybody except for the elites of the elites that can say i'm going out on my time and miguel cabrera gets to do that and that's pretty special it is and you got to 
as a fan, now that he's going to be playing every single team in Major League Baseball in his final season, this is special because every fan from every fan base will get to see him play. Yep. Uh, that's so that's great. Good point. That's good, a, good, a good year for it's a good it to year happen. to go out. Yep. All right, making a statement. Yes. I don't know what these are. Okay, so I'm going to give you a bold statement. Okay. And you either agree with me or you don't. And again, these aren't my statements. No, you said agree with you or okay, not. So okay, I'm okay, coming okay. for you, Curry. Okay, come at me, bro. Right. Come at me. Okay. Our first statement. The Dodgers have the National League Rookie of the Year on their roster. Well, Alex, you're wrong. <laughs> um, uh, no, I just say this because they have some they have a couple of guys that have been really good. I'm just, as you know, the driver of the Corbin, Corbin Carroll bandwagon, yeah, and know. that wagon is already moving faster than it was to start the year. He's been great. He stole three bases in a game the other day. He hit a homer. Like, the guy does it all, as I've been clamoring on about for probably too long. Uh, Jordan Walker hit his first homer the other day. I just think Kodai Senga looks yeah. like a, a star. Like, I just think there's too many other names right now that are probably the favorites to win and I, I just don't foresee that happening so I will say that one is an inaccurate statement yeah I'm with you and I, Vegas has them as the fourth best odds in this moment but yeah okay. I, I would have like I think Kodai Senga is my sneaky favorite in this top three I know I know you're the driver of the the Corbin Carroll bus but time will tell well, Time will tell. It's not a bus, Alex. I didn't claim it as a It's a bandwagon. Bandwagon. I, I'm not a What's driver. What's the difference between a bus and a bandwagon? Well, a bus, you need your uh, you need a certain license to drive, and I don't have <laughs> it. So I can drive around a bandwagon, and I'm driving the Corbin Carroll bandwagon. All right. Let's get to our second making a statement. Okay? Okay. The Marlins have the best pitching staff in the NL East. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Let me think about this. Uh, Sandy, it's yeah. a good start. Yep. Jesus Lazardo appears to this year have turned a corner. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say inaccurate, but I I think, you know, in like two three years, we I, I think the writing is on the wall for this team to have the best rotation in the game of baseball in a couple of years. I just think right now, like you're. Jesus Lazardo has been lights out, and the guy from the left side is throwing 100 with great stuff. But, you know, like, how do you – I know Max Scherzer hasn't been great so far through two starts. Justin hasn't pitched, but I, I guess I'll, I'll ask you, am I allowed to, like, assume just – like, am I allowed to assume Justin on the Mets if I take the Mets, even yeah. though he hasn't pitched? Yes. Right, so then yeah. it's, it's He's the on Mets. the Mets. Mag Two Hall of Famers that are still pitching yeah. really well. Kodai Senga appears to be a, a star. It has to be the Mets for me. And and it's just in, in this moment, in this year, the Mets rotation is better. I'm not down on Max after two bad starts. Justin's coming back soon. Um, so I, I love the Marlins rotation. And I think in a couple of years, we're talking about them having the best rotation in the game of baseball. I'm just not ready to say that right now. I would still put it. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Haven't thought about this. Probably a top five, ro top five rotation, but I think the Mets are still, you know, despite a tough start to the year, they're still the top or if a top two, three rotation in the game of baseball. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, Sandy's picking up right where he left off. Obviously, he's the reigning Cy Young winner, National League Cy Young winner. He just threw his fourth career shutout in just 100 pitches, which was absolutely insane. But would you put the Marlins above the Braves? 
above the Braves rotation. Would you do that? I would say they're. I would say they're very. Oh, yeah, man, that's, that's tough. tough, right? That's we were just talking last show about the Braves pitching staff and rotation and just how strong they are and how bright. Man, of the NL East rotations are. I would I would say they're right there with each other, and I know okay. that might be a cop out answer, but they both have like a. Uh, I, I guess you have to take Sandy over Spencer Strider yeah. right now. I mean, the, just the other day we saw him throw a hundred pitches, a hundred pitch complete yes. game shutout in an hour and fifty seven minutes. Yeah. I mean, as of this moment right now, Sandy Alcantara is the best pitcher in the game of baseball. Yeah. So that they got they got the workhorse ace. I just I love Strider and Freed and um, Dodd, the Dodd father as. You know, I caught him last show, so I'm yeah. just going to continue it on. I like it. Um, so, yeah, See they're they're sticks. right there neck and neck. I would take the Met, too. Okay. Our third and final making a statement. <clears throat> the pitch clock is the best thing to happen to Major League Baseball. Ever? Right now. What? <laughs> recently. <laughs> oh, best yeah. thing recently to happen to Major League Baseball. That's our statement. Okay. Go. Um, I'm going to say inaccurate. Oof. I, I like it, but I'm going to say Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, Julio Rodriguez, Ronald Acuna. Like those, the guys that play the game are the best thing happening to baseball right now. The, the pitch clock has, I think, has been good and will continue to, to grow and evolve the game in a positive direction. But the best thing happening to baseball right now is the greatest talent we've ever seen, Shohei Otani. And one of the best rookies we've seen in all time, Julio Rodriguez. Ronald Acuna on pace for a 40-40 year. Aaron Judge breaking the AL home run record and starting off this year great. The product on the field is the best thing happening to the game of baseball. So I'll say an accurate. I think the pitch clock is the greatest thing to happen to this sport rule-wise. Like, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't, out, I wasn't saying – I wasn't thinking players. I'm like – yeah, this is the best thing to happen. We are seeing fat. You just added in a. <laughs> well, that's where my mind went. I was like, yeah, this is incredible. This is absolutely incredible. We are seeing an average game length of two hours and 38 minutes, which I think we had the graphic up earlier of like what the shortest game was, what the game lengths were last year. It is speeding up the game in a pace wise. I think it's making games more exciting to watch. It's moving them along. I. Oh, yeah. In 2022, three hours and 11 minutes. 2023, two hours and 45 minutes. And this is just in the first week. I also, John uh, Smoltz went on the Carton Show. And he actually said, I quote, this is the greatest thing that's going to happen to the sport. It's one of your favies. I love yeah. One like of so. your favies also agrees with this. I think it is. I wasn't thinking players. Obviously, players are like what changed the game. But this is what's I think in the long run, it's going to be better for uh, the fan base, the TV side of things, when you're there, the pace of game, making things more exciting. I, I'm a huge fan of the pitch clock. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. But you just totally changed the question. To, I guess we looked at it in two different ways. Yeah, I mean, the best thing happening to baseball is the best players playing in the sport right now and growing the sport. And then you go to answer the question and just add in, well, it's – the greatest rule. <laughs> That's the greatest adjustment question. to the game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I would agree. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. 
So I went inaccurate on, is that all of them? Yeah. All right, inaccurate for me. Uh, all those statements, Alex, you're wrong. I'm just kidding. No. Um, but yeah, I went all inaccurate. All but, right. But I like the questions. They are, they're good. Kay. Well, uh, we're, let's move on to one up, one down. Now this can be a team, this can be a player that you see moving up, and a team or player that you see moving down. So let's start with your ups. Yes. Who you got? Uh, my one up is the Tampa Bay Rays. They're the, they're they were the longest undefeated team in the game of baseball, right? I believe mm -hmm. they're they were off Thursday, so heading into Friday, they're the only undefeated team in the game of baseball. They're the first team to open the season, winning their first six games by four or more runs since. The 1884 St. Louis Maroons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, their pitching has been lights out. McClanahan, 12 innings, 1.5 ERA. Zach Eflin, who got their largest free agent deal in franchise history, five innings, only one earned run in his one start. Jeffrey Springs made his debut and got 12 strikeouts in six innings, no hits in his season debut. Uh, Drew Rasmussen has been great, six innings, seven Ks, no earned runs. The rotation has been, like, historically good. And then Wander Franco doing what he's been doing. He, be, he came up as the top prospect in the game of baseball, and I don't want to say has been underwhelming, but has been a good baseball player when you'd expect – greatness and we are getting greatness this year 417 two homers seven rbis two stolen bases he's the centerpiece of that lineup him and and randy rosarena but wander is is the guy that needs to be the guy for this team and he has been so historically good start to the year my one up is the tampa bay rays what's yours the pit the the pitch clock <laughs> <laughs> no my one up is the Angels. Yep, All right. They good. have a 4-2 start to the season. They are currently tied for first in the AOS with Texas, who I think are the two most impressive teams out of that division right now. Tony uh, Otani just picked up his first win of the season, looked great on the mound in both of his outings. We have Trout and Otani already going back-to-back -back with home runs in the first week. And the team they put together this offseason we're seeing is clicking on the field. I got hope. I got a lot of hope here. I've had I've had hope for ten years for the Angels. You but got this hope, one, and you got oh happy. <laughs> yeah, we do. The guy I said this the other. I mean, it was largely joking. The guy has played in like a handful of big league games, but he hit a homer, and I said the greatest Angels catcher of all time just homered, and he might be. When all is said and done, we'll see. this guy's this guy's been great. Angels have been very good. Yeah. Um, I have them as a I had them as a playoff team prediction to start the year, and. I feel good about the start, but you know they did this last year. Started off really good, yeah, had people believing, and then they just they they can't go through that that stretch that they went through last year. I think it was fourteen losses yeah. in a row, and then but I, I do I believe in the pitching so much more this year that mm -hmm. I don't <laughs> I don't want to say this and jinx them. I don't think this team is capable of losing fourteen games in a row no. again. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, that's a, that's good. All right, now we're moving to our one down. Ben, who is your down? You know, I went. I, I, I had a couple of options here that I wanted to go with, one being the Red Sox, and I ended up not going with them because I didn't really believe in them to start the year. But, man, huh. has it been bad for the Red Sox. They got swept at home in Fenway by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not yeah. good. My one down team actually is the Phillies. Yeah. 
The Phillies were in the World Series last year, as we all know. The Phillies added Trey Turner. Their offense is going to be in insane this year, but they are just the seventh team in baseball history to start 0-4 after going to the World Series. The first in 38 years to do that. I saw this tweet the other day. It said, be careful out there, everyone. There's a picture of broken car window. Be careful, everyone. I had two Phillies home opener tickets in my car, and someone broke in and left four more. <laughs> <laughs> Things aren't good there I, in I believe Philly. that in Philly. So, yeah, the offense is supposed to be one of the best in baseball. It hasn't been great, but their pitching has just really been bad. Listen to this. Team, team ERA leaders through one week. At number one, you have the Twins, 1.90. At number two, you have the Rays, 2.00. At number three, you have the Dodgers. Four, you have the Yankees. Five, you have the Braves. At number 30, oof, dead last, you have the Phillies with a 6.98 team ERA. That's not good. 0-4 start was tied for their first second – their was tied for their second worst start in franchise history behind the 1934-0-7 team. They allowed 27 runs in a two-game stretch. It just happened to be the first two of the year. That's the worst two-game stretch in their team history. And they allowed 37 runs through their first four games. That's their third most through the first four games of a season in their franchise history. It hasn't been bad for the Phillies. It's been brutal. Uh, now they finally get to head home and maybe can figure it out. I'm not pressing the panic button on this team that I do believe will be good, but I said this a couple days ago, Alex. This team might lead the league in runs scored and lead the league in runs given up, and they are heading, they're trending in that direction for but sure. But you also have to remember, they got hit with some devastating injuries. Obviously, we know Bryce Harper isn't going to be back till midseason, but then Hoskins torn ACL, Marsh got pulled from the game with a mild ankle sprain, uh, Derek Hall, thumb sprain, pitching side, Suarez out with uh, forearm tenderness, um, Sanchez with tri <laughs> tricep tightness, Nelson left hamstring song, back tightness. So they, they're literally getting hit in every direction on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And it's it's tough because, yeah, they were they were an off-season favorite with the addition of Trey Turner to do well, obviously coming off of a World Series appearance. Yeah. But this is, yeah, this is definitely a World Series hangover. Yeah, like one of the craziest yeah. we've seen. But I, I don't want to say, like, yes, you are right. Injuries have played a factor here. But with a team with the lineup that they have, right, with Schwarber and Trey Turner and Real Muto and Alec Bohm playing well and Castellanos, like – the stars in this lineup are absurd. Yeah. And at the top of the rotation with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola to not have to start the year 0 and 4 and to only have one win to this point, it's brutal. Bad. And yeah. I, I'm not going to blame injuries for it. Injuries have hurt them. Absolutely. Yeah. But if I, I know. I, I'm not going to just say like injuries are the reason for this because it's been, it's been, and I know that's not what you were saying by any means. Mm -hmm. Injuries have hurt them, but this has been bad. Yeah. It's been really bad and they need to figure it out because their team, as we see on the field, the team that we see right now should not be playing as poorly as they are. My down. Yeah. It might be the only time during the year I'm able to say this. My down is the Astros right now okay. now we heard uh dusty baker asked about the start of the season and he said right now not much is going good for us not much at all and 
I think it's rare. They had a three game three game losing streak that they broke on Wednesday. So we kind of we saw we saw a little bit with, of a turnaround. With the Tigers and two of those. Yeah. You know, like not the, I love my Tigers. But, but like you shouldn't be losing as like the World Series yeah. champs who just got better this year. So yeah, my down are the Astros. I really think they're lacking right now in and this I they do have leaders on that team. Bregman is certainly a leader. They they have leadership, but I think you look at last year's team, the two biggest leaders were probably Justin and Altuve. Yeah. Throw Bregman's still in that category. I know he's a leader on that team. But now Justin's not there. Mm-hmm. Altuve's out for a couple of months. I don't know if he's in the locker room. He's certainly not on the road. Yeah. Um, so I think they're missing that, like, and Lance McCullers as well, who's a leader of that team, and he's not there. He's out as well. So the talent is still there. It's still very early. As you said, this will probably be the only time you have yeah. them here. But, yeah, you know, a sluggish start to the year, and I do think they're missing some of those leaders in the locker room that were able to kind of – you know, Justin had – Justin's tenure in, in Houston was arguably the greatest tenure for a pitcher in Houston in their franchise history. That's how good it was. But one thing that he really prided himself on and, and was really good about was his starts after a team loss. Mm-hmm. His record in ERA after a team loss was like the greatest of all time. And that's telling you something, you know, like you need that guy that's like, hey, we just lost. I got us. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to pitch deep into the game for our bullpen. I'm going to get a win and I'm going to put us in a position to, to snap out of this funk. He's gone. Altuve out. McCullers out. They're just in a little. They're they're in a little bit of a tough spot right now. But what we're saying, you said this with your Phillies. We're not we're not letting injuries be the excuse. You still have a lot of great players yeah. on that team that are World Series champions. Oh, they shouldn't. They should not be losing yeah. two of three to the Detroit Tigers. No. Absolutely not. I, I don't care about like I, I don't care at the end of the day. Like this might matter in the long stretch and yeah. might matter that they're not able to turn a corner right now. But a team with Jordan and, and Bregman and, and Kyle yeah. Tucker and Jeremy Pena. Like, you shouldn't be losing two of three to the Tigers. Alas, it is it is just one series. Uh, again, as with the Phillies, I, I don't think anybody's really pushing the panic button there, but I do agree with you. They're, yeah. they're, they're a one down. That's yeah. fair. And as of right now, heading into the weekend, I don't think, I don't think they're going to be in the top spot in my power rankings, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Time for a, a new segment. Mm, I'm excited. Things that make you go, hmm. hmm. So things that we saw this week in baseball. Uh, yeah, let's just let's just get right you to know, it. You know, I, I can't sit here right now and tell you what this segment is going to look like all yes. year long because I don't know throughout yeah. a year. It might be a player. It might be a team. It might be a situation. I don't know. I'm often sitting on my couch going, hmm. hmm. And now we have a way <laughs> to communicate that. Things that make me go, hmm. Yeah. First off, let's start with Ali Marmol, manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, calling out Tyler O'Neill for his base running. This was an interesting one because it 
Tyler O'Neill can be one of the faster players in the game of baseball, and it certainly didn't look like he was running his absolute hardest. But after the game, Tyler O'Neill was called out publicly by his own manager to the media, and uh, Tyler O'Neill didn't love that. He said, I play hard. This is paraphrasing. He said a lot more about this, but he basically said, I play hard. I've always played the game very hard. These conversations could have happened in the clubhouse. Uh, and there was there was more to this. Ali Marmol went on again no. to say, the manager of the Cardinals again said publicly, there's a standard here. You meet it, you play, you don't, you don't. Uh, I... I just can't get on board with a manager publicly calling out a player, especially like a first offense, like it's early in the year. You know, like if we see over and over and over a player not hustling, a star player not hustling, and you've you've called him into your office and you've talked about it, great. Like say publicly, hey, the reason so-and-so isn't playing in this game today and won't play tomorrow is because I have talked to him endless amounts of times and he will not get it through his head that he needs to hustle and he needs to play the game the right way just wanted to make that clear to everyone that's why this is happening for for Ali Marmol to call him out publicly this early in the year I just I I hate it I, I I'm so against this for so many reasons call him into your office and say whatever you want yell at him mm -hmm. scream at him talk to him calmly say what you need to say but do it in the privacy of your own office instead of publicly airing this out and making your player frustrated as he should be. Uh, I just, uh, this, this one left me scratching my head for sure. I think it is a terrible look, a terrible look for either a teammate to call out a manager or a manager to publicly call out a teammate. I, this is something if you have an issue with, you have a conversation, as you mentioned. This is a behind-closed-doors thing that then if it gets to a point where that's not working, okay, then maybe you say something publicly. But to double down twice, twice, you're ruining a relationship here in the first week of the season. He's going to hold a grudge. This is not a good look. It's not good energy for the dugout and the clubhouse. This is not going to make anything better, right? Yeah. You, you want to try to make someone better. You want to motivate someone. This is not going to make it better at all. I, I, I tend to agree with Tyler O'Neill here. I would disagree with him. I, I don't think he was running 100% that play. Yeah. But where I do agree with Tyler O'Neill is like, what are you, why are, what are talk you to doing me. here? Like, come talk to me. Call me in the office. Yeah. Say, you got to be better. Um, I'm either going to, I'll start you tomorrow, but be better, or you're not going to play tomorrow. Yeah. And here's why. And I'm not going to – nobody needs to know that, but here's why. For this to happen this early in the season, it really is. It's, yeah. a, it's a head scratcher for me. It feels like uh, public gossip is what it feels like. <laughs> and yeah. th that's not what you want to do. You want to be a, a tight-knit family who can trust and, like, lean on each other yep. and not have to freak out about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Okay, our next things that make you go, hmm, a wild tweet from the Cleveland Guardians, <laughs> Ben. Alex, it is – Today's date is April 6th. Yes. And I'm already I'm ready to call it. The winner of the wildest tweet from a team run social media account goes to the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> I was scrolling through Twitter and could not believe what I was reading. And let's let's pop this tweet up. This is this is one this this will be 
This will be the wildest tweet from the team this year. Um, do we have it? Do we, I think we have the tweet. Yeah, we should have. Here it, uh, here it is. Okay. As a 13-year-old, Jose Ramirez played in a gambling league with adults to earn money for his family. In certain circumstances, bettors would gamble on a player to have a positive outcome. If they didn't come through, they would be chased home by gamblers with machetes and guns. What? What? Like, I'm just, A, visualizing this situation. Two, players <laughs> have literally been suspended from leagues for gambling, which also is a little weird to me. I just, this whole, the whole situation just kind of makes you scratch your head. Yeah, I don't yeah. even really, like... That's why it makes me go, hmm, I don't what? even really know what to say about it. Like, the gambling thing. He was 13 yeah. years old, so obviously, like, who, who yeah. cares? But for the team for the team to talk about – so what I – a little bit of clarity here. Okay. Maybe. From what I heard, this was in reference to, like, the Guardians are going to be doing uh, – airing, like, a, a docu-series on okay. Jose Ramirez, and this is going to be part of it. So they were, like, advertising for it. But just for the team's social media account yeah. to tweet – to scroll through my timeline and see – the Cleveland Guardians tweeting about Jose Ramirez being chased with machetes and guns is like it's alarming. And one, it's alarming for like that his he went through that in yeah. his life and that he was doing this to to make money for his family. Mind blowing. But for the team account to say I I was yeah. just like, What yeah. what is it was going wild. On here? Yeah, it was, it was wild. wild. I'm with you. This might be the most wild tweet. There won't be of another the there, won't, there won't be a crazier one. There's no, no. way. All right. Number three. Things that make you go, hmm. The pitch clock. Yeah. Some players love it. Some players don't. There's been a lot of, a lot of confusion. One, one way or another, yeah. right? There's been a lot of talk about it. And we've gotten a lot of interesting moments, which we'll talk about one in a second. But first up, let's let's listen into Dylan Cease was on the show just Wednesday. Let's listen into what he had to say about the pitch clock, because I thought it was very interesting. Here he is. Yeah, I was pretty apprehensive about it when I when I first learned that they were doing it. Um, but so far, I've liked it. I think it keeps the game flowing really nicely, um, and I think I think it just keeps action uh, action going more consistently, which is great. So I do think it's probably more of an advantage for pitchers than hitters. But I don't know if it's really even necessarily a big advantage for us. Um, it's all just something that we all have to be aware of. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's making the product, uh, flow better, which is obviously good for the game in general. So I, it's, it's tough to get my approval so far. First off, Dylan Cease came on the show on Wednesday. He was the guest on Wednesday. He pitched on Wednesday. So for those confused recorded it the day before. Okay. He didn't yeah. come on the day he was pitched. He he was Wednesday's episode and he absolutely shoved on Wednesday as well. So Happy to say the Flippin' Bats podluck is still very, very real. But to hear him talk about the pitch clock like that, to say I was apprehensive about it, and now I love it. And he even said, I feel like I have too much time at, at one point. Uh, really cool to hear him say that, and glad the, the players are starting to feel that way. And we did get the moment that made me go, hmm, was Shohei Otani pitching, getting a violation as well as hitting getting a violation. So leave it to Shohei, the first ever player in the history of baseball to receive a pitch clock violation on the mound and a pitch clock violation at the plate 
as well. It only seems fitting, right? Because he is our two-way player, and he's he's doing things we've never seen before, and we had never seen someone no, get it haven't. both on the mound and at the plate. So I'm like, you know, it, it would be Shohei. I do think, remember, Shohei, along with Team USA, they're the two teams that played in the WBC the longest. So yeah. where these players were getting used to pitching and hitting with the clock, he, especially for pitchers, it makes a huge oh, difference just trying to figure it out. Shohei wasn't doing that. He no. didn't have that. He was There was no pitch clock, and he was out there doing his thing as he normally would. So he really hasn't, what, maybe a start? Maybe maybe he's had two to three starts tops in his life with a pitch clock. So, uh, yeah, that, that might be something to monitor going forward. But getting violations, I promise you, that will help you uh, not have them anymore. But yeah, we'll forever be the first. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think he'll be the only one because we'll get position players yeah. pitching that will definitely have That's violations true. at That's some true. point. But that was uh, certainly a moment that made me go. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, our final moment that makes you go. Hmm. Kind of in the same wheelhouse here. Manny Machado getting thrown out of a game for what we thought was a pitch clock violation. Yeah. This, this situation was interesting. So Manny Machado standing at the plate during the game and the pitch clock is dwindling down. He's still messing with his batting gloves. And what appears to be at the very last second, he just puts his hand up asking for time, but ends up being given a strike violation. And that was a strikeout. It was the third strike and he ended up arguing and was thrown out. So this whole situation was just very interesting because it's like, well, did he did he ask for time and he wasn't granted it? Did he ask for time and was too late? And if you look back at at replays, it turns out like there if you mesh up the the clock, he just asked for time too late. Mm-hmm. Like and was get, and, and or the umpire wasn't very lenient. Let's say that's the case and he just didn't give him time, which he doesn't technically have to do if it's if it's that late. So just a very interesting situation. He ends up getting thrown out. My first judgment call here was that the umpire was in the wrong and should have given him time. But seeing some other angles, I, I realize it probably should have. He, if you're going to call time, just do it like at 10 seconds instead of waiting for that like fringy nine, uh-huh. eight second mark. Like don't don't leave it up to the umpire. Just call time. He ends up getting thrown out. Um, so I tweeted about that. And Alex, Major League Baseball actually reached out to me about this. And what did they say? This, which I thought was that's nice. You know, he they said uh, they said saw your tweet. Just wanted to clarify a, an official statement. Our folks believe the call that was on the field was accurate. The ejection related more to the argument and language that was used towards the umpire. Now, if you dig more closely into it, Manny Machado called the umpire a d bag. That's what he was thrown out for, Ooh. which makes sense. So yep. yeah, the situation as a whole. These situations were going to happen, and I think these situations happening are good to help propel us more and more getting used to this. And now, look, every player saw this. Every player knows about it. Major League Baseball sends out memos to all the teams. It's they probably say, "Hey, you call call your one timeout. Just do it. Like, don't do it at eight seconds. Do it before then." But just a a situation and our last situation that made me go, "Hmm." "Hmm." I like that segment. Yeah, it is too. weird. The weird things that happen in baseball. A lot of baseball is a weird sport, and I see things almost every week that are like I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Yeah, and yeah. And if we miss something, and you guys at home see something that made you go, hmm, tweet us, at us, 
Let, let, let's make this like an open, yeah. fun, weird conversation. Yeah. Right? Yep. All right. Well, now let's preview the top three series to watch this weekend because we got a lot of good ones. Yeah. Starting with number three, Astros and Twins. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Every Friday episode before the episode ends, we'll just tell you look, the, the best series that are coming this weekend. Yeah. And Astros and Twins is a great one. Twins off to a blistering start. They look really, really good. Astros. Not so much. Yep. However, we know the Astros are an elite team in the game of baseball. Now the Twins are facing them, and it's going to be a very, very good test. They get to be uh, – the Twins will be at home for this. So the Twins are the home team facing the reigning defending – the reigning defending does not make sense. Yeah. The reigning champs, <laughs> reigning champs coming in to your home. It's going to be a great series for me. Really good pitching. Very The, the Twins pitching has been the best team pitching – the team – ERA is the best in baseball this far, Dang. which is remarkable. So I'm very excited. Astros Twins. That's also Carlos Correa. That's going to be fun. Oh yeah, Correa. The yeah, Correa he's going. Astros yeah. Thing. So who do you think takes this series? Oh, I didn't know this was going to be a. It thing. wasn't. I just brought it up to you. Oh okay. Who are you taking? Uh Are you taking? You don't have to. You can hold it. I put you on the spot. Yeah, put me on the spot. <laughs> don't do it. Just don't do that. Don't do that. I don't know. It's baseball. Yeah. It's a three-game series. Anything okay. can happen. All right. You then know? I won't. But if I have a feeling yeah, on Yeah, that, that's all I want. It's I not have... an official. Like, what's your gut feeling? It sure sounded official. It did. Make it official. No, not that one. Next. <laughs> yeah. All right. Second series to watch, Cardinals and Brewers. Yeah, this is the battle for the NL Central. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, the Pirates look good. Reds. NL Central is looking yeah. good this year, might I add. You got the Reds, Pirates, Cubs. They're all looking good. Uh, you got the, the Brewers coming off of a sweep of the New York Mets, which they looked fantastic. The Cardinals have looked really good at points and really bad at other points. But these are the two best teams that will be there till the end in the NL Central, I believe. And this is a this is going to be a big matchup. It's in Milwaukee. That crowd, will be, the stadium will be packed for this series. Um, let's hope they don't do any more flyovers with the roof closed. That, that should have been hilarious. in things. Dang it! That, that should have been hilarious. in things that make you go. Hmm. I the, wonder, like, can you hear it? The Brewers like, the did closed? an opening day flyover, and the roof was closed. I would imagine you could hear it so because maybe those, it's for like, those yeah. planes are very, those jets are very, very loud. So they could hear it, and everybody tailgating could hear it. But like. Just and the, the broadcast got the video to put it in the broadcast. It was, it was probably for TV. Well, you know who couldn't see the broadcast? The people sitting in the stands. Just a funny situation. Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, let's we'll retroactively. Th that's that also made me go home. Yeah. Uh, this this series is it's the cream of the crop in the NL Central, and I think this series, this team, this division is yeah. going to come down until the last week of the year. And this is the first matchup between these two. I'm excited for this one. It's going to be fun. Well, now our number one series to watch this weekend. We talked about it yesterday. Braves and Padres. This is going to be a great one. This is my favorite series of the of the weekend. I mean, you got star power in the lineup everywhere you look. Um, obviously, the, the Padres lineup with their three-headed monster right now, soon to be a four-headed monster. You got Machado, Soto, and, and Bogarts. Tatis coming back soon, but he obviously won't be for this series. Blake Snell, uh, Spencer Strider was the first matchup on Thursday. Now you have great pitching matchups throughout the rest of the series. Uh, this series is full of star power. Yeah. And, it's you know, these are two of my 
I have the Braves winning the National League, mm-hmm. but I had it was between the Braves and Padres for me. These are the two best teams, I think, in in the National League. You throw in a, the Mets in that conversation, though they're not playing well right now. I love these two teams. I, I'm very excited for this entire weekend. I'll have my feet kicked up watching these two teams duke it out. Yeah, it's going to be a great one. Yep. Do you have a winner? I'm going to put you on the spot. Who wins that series? Actually, don't answer that one. Oh, have, ouch. Okay, I won't. Mm. Do you have a Do you have a winner for it, the Astros Twins series? The one you asked me. No, about? I was just going to go with gut. Like I just like I'm like a full like first <laughs> thing that comes to my mind in belly. I'm like that's what I'm picking. Okay, that's fair. That's my betting. All right. Um, you know what? Before we finish up, mm-hmm. little extra innings. When yeah. I have an extra innings, we throw it in. Yeah. This episode's going to extra innings. Yeah. Uh, Babe Ruth. Have you heard about this? Oh, the, Not the have great you Bambino? heard about Babe Ruth. Have uh-huh. you heard about this situation I'm going to mention? <laughs> Babe Ruth's bat just sold for a record $1.85 million. Ooh. Now, the first thing that comes to mind is this bat was 44.6 ounces. That never happened. People use like 30-ounce bats now. 30, 31 ounces yeah. is what's being used. Babe Ruth was using a 44.6-ounce <laughs> bat, and it just sold for $1.85 million. Now, this bat originally sold for right, I think it was right around the $400,000 mark. So what changed, do you ask? Mm-hmm. There was a picture that surfaced, and they were able to identically match yeah. the bat from the picture to the bat. So there is living proof that this bat was not only in the hands of Babe Ruth, yeah. but used in a game by Babe Ruth, and the bat just sold for $1.85 million, which is a record. It feels like fun money at that point. When you hear numbers like that for a piece of wood, but like historic piece of wood with one of the greatest of all times, it's just like mind-blowing to me. Like the, the memorabilia world is the memorabilia is world crazy. is crazy. We're seeing one. baseball cards go for four million, Babe Ruth bat almost two million. It's cool. If you yeah. got it, keep it. Yeah, if you got it, spend it. You know, yep. can't take it to the grave with you. Might I'm as saying well spend keep it the on memorabilia. On Hold on to oh, it because we'll it's only that, going so. up. <laughs> yeah, prices yeah, are same, only going yeah. up. Same, same, but different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, that does it for our Friday episode. Enjoy. The incredible weekend of baseball that we have coming. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Make sure you're following wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple or Spotify. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every episode on YouTube as well, at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Fun Friday episode, fun weekend ahead for this episode of Flippin' Bats. That does it, and we will see you next time for another episode of Flippin' Bats.